0: Welcome to the Culture of Safety. How's it going, Matt? Good. I liked your deep... That was
1: almost what I was talking about when I said do it in your movie voice. Welcome. like, like, the like whole, a Batman voice. Yeah, like the old Batman or Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom voice. <laughs> Welcome to the Culture of Safety. How's everything going? It's going all right. Still, so, last week going. we had um, one of our one of our listeners, they reached out to us and they said, hey... You know, I'm going to be graduating with my bachelor's degree here soon. And they wanted maybe some tips or maybe they wanted us to do a show about, you know, getting our foot in the door. So I figured that'd be that today would be a good episode for that. Yep. So I know a lot of people who, you know, either they have family members because I know most people, they don't fall into safety. Like, oh, they I, I want to be a safety guy. Nobody ever says that. They usually know somebody at safety. But um, for like people like you and me, we kind of just fell in. You know, and that's kind of the profession that we decided that we would we would further our career in. Well, obviously not you. You're going to be some kind of a magical engineer or something like that. But um, for the rest of us listening, we all want to be safety people, and getting our foot in the door can be one of the most difficult tasks. I know? think I, actually, I think it's getting more and more
0: difficult now that safety as a career is beginning to get more popular. Yeah. And now they're offering more degree programs for it, and more colleges are talking about it, and more. Plus they're paying more. They
1: pay a lot and more. they more, and yeah. Used to be and, the safety guy would make no money. Now the safety guy is making, you know, upwards of you know almost three, three hundred thousand dollars, I think I've seen for some companies. Not yeah. me. No, I, of course <laughs> not you, but I have a friend. She actually works for, you know, one of the larger companies in LA. And she's I you know, I was just joking with her because, you know, I knew she was getting this job and I was like, Oh yeah, how much did you make? She goes, about two eighty. I was like, you're full of crap. And then she showed me her checklist. Oh, damn. But, you know, she's she literally goes to, they have like a, a bunch of like locations that she has to go to. She's single. She flies out to wherever they're, you know, doing their stuff. And she handles the the safety on, on site. I'm like, oh. that's amazing. That's cool. And, you know, she doesn't really have a whole lot. You know, she's got, I think she got her ASP recently and she has her bachelor's degree. And I told her, man, that's awesome, man. Good for you. But I would say probably the hardest thing in getting into safety is get like 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 this uh, individual is asking is getting your foot in the door. So we're here going to talk a little bit about some of the techniques that you and I have done or that now that we you know that we're higher in, in our experience levels, what we look for for entry level safety. I know we alluded it a little bit on our first couple of ep- episodes on, you know, what we look for for hiring new people. But as far as, you know, maybe getting our foot in the door, there's there's some steps before that. Right. So typically it starts with, you know, your resume. I know that's a big thing is is your resume. And depending on where you're at, you got you really want to check out what you know, what are the requirements of the job are. Right. So if you're going for mid level safety, you're going to be having obviously a whole bunch of stuff. But if you're getting your foot in the door entry level. I mean, a couple of classes, maybe a certification, you know, I, I know we've talked about this before, but having some something to show says, hey, you know, what, I'm interested in safety and I would like to go, you know, get some experience and maybe move on to that. So what do you look for, Matt? So what do I look for? Yeah, yeah. I think we kind so of like hit in- on this
0: already in a different episode, but um, kind of like what you said, I just want to I want them to show me that they're serious about wanting to be a safety professional and not just. I want to make more money and not have to do anything. because That's what thing think is going to happen. Sit on my butt all day. Exactly. So th- that could be proved in a lot of different ways. Like mm-hmm. you said, that could be proved through education. It could be proved through, it could be proved through, it could even be proved Experience. through self education, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be, go get, go get me a four year uh, degree and then come back and I'll hire you. That's not always the case. It could be, Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to take some classes online or I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to do these certs. I have a guy right now and he's interested in, in becoming safety. So what do he do? He went, Without me asking him or asking him to do it, he went and got his 30, which is, I mean, that's pretty basic stuff, yeah. right? 30. But at least he's doing that. And now he's, got and now he's going on to the next. He's gonna do this. He's gonna start studying for his CHST.
1: He's building that. And
0: so he's trying to build up, you know, yeah. some knowledge because he doesn't have the experience. So right. if you don't have the experience, you gotta have some kind of knowledge or education. And so um what does he do? Right now? Yeah. Well, he was a field employee, but right now he actually works in like an IT department.
1: Oh, wow. So that's way different. Okay.
0: Yeah. So well, cause that's uh,
1: one of the things that I've, I've learned to, I've had this question probably maybe about half a dozen times, maybe more is I usually get people that either are straight out of college or they're in the field. Those are the mm-hmm. two I usually get. Hey Joe, I want to be a safety guy. Cool. Show me, prove to me that you want to be a safety guy. I'll give you the materials. I have, you know, all these different websites you can go to books. Just show me something that, you know, I, I can go and say, Hey, this guy wants to be a safety guy. Why? Cause he, he did the work. He's not sitting there just, you know, like you said, Oh, I'm just kind of want to sit, sit in the office or in a truck all day and, and kick back. Cause obviously that makes our profession look bad, but also it doesn't help me as a manager looking out like, Hey, this, this isn't really helping me out. It's not helping, you know, the safety culture. It's not helping my bottom line or the company's bottom line. So I usually tell people, look, it's real easy. Go online. There's a different, a bunch of different resources. Uh, typically what I always ask for people is to do like a website called OSHA Academy. And I think it's probably, it's where I started. It's one of the best, you know, resources out there. You go online, you, you take all these classes, you sign up for like, they do it by the hour. It's like 290 some hours of like either oil and gas or construction or general industry. And they have a bunch of other ones too for like tattoo artists and nursing facilities and stuff like that. And you just go online. It's super boring. Super informative. <laughs> hey, hey, boring. I tell people, I tell them up front, look, it's super boring. If you want to learn about why you should wear gloves and the different types of glove and cut resistance and stuff, it's boring. It really is. Truthfully, I'm not going to lie to you. But if you can go through that program and you come out and it, you get the little certification, it's great. And I tell people the best part is, is if you are not committed to being a safety person. You don't have to pay anything. You know, most classes that, you know, we're like, oh, well, I want to be a safety guy. And you pay $1,600 for, you know, this, you know, one year program or six month program. Now you're out that 1600 bucks, right? You know, like you said, the, the OSHA 30 and you go to get the, you know, the, the five, 501, you know, you can teach the 30. That's that $1,600 out the door. Now, if you don't want to, you, know, you decide maybe later on, like, you know what? I don't want to be a safety guy. You're out that money. The OSHA Academy, you don't pay until you're done. So you can take all the classes for free, do whatever you want, learn everything, take your tests. And if you decide after that, you know what? Yeah, I want to be a safety guy. Then you pay your money, you know? And that's like I tell people, that's how I started. You know, I had finished my job. I told my boss, hey, what else is there? Here you go, Joe. You want to be a safety guy? Cool. Take this program. I passed it. And obviously, I've, I've built up more and more and more and getting an A- STS or, you know, CHST, HST, anything like that, that just shows me that, hey, you have applied knowledge, I can use you right cuz you know typically the worst worst thing for me and you you know this as well and I think a lot of our listeners do is your new safety guys are going to be the ones that you have to do a lot of coaching you have to kind of shadow a little bit more making sure that you have those positive interactions because we talked about this in a previous episode leadership is very big in our industry right and if we're out we have new guys out there you know making messes we have to come behind them and clean it up and that's what we're looking for is guys that can kind of stand on their own you know i'm not looking for the perfect guy i mean i'll I'll coach and teach and educate you as we go along and we can get the experience and stuff together
0: nope i completely agree so that kind of helps an employee like let's say kind of like we were talking about like a field employee right Go out, get some certifications, but would you still have that same recommendation for somebody that just finished a four-year degree in safety? Would you say go out and get your OSHA 30, your OSHA 500, or would you give them a different advice?
1: Well, for them, typically, I always tell them go for a certification. You know, you having, you know, a bachelor's degree or even associates, you know— is speaks volumes. Yeah. You may not have the experience, but typically that's, this is, this is where I change up my, my interview questions, right? If I have a field-based employee, I'm going to ask him certain questions so I can kind of weed out that, Hey, I want to be a lazy safety guy Mm -hmm. rather than the person who probably went to school. They probably had to pay out of pocket or they got a loan. I'm going to weed them out another way. I'm gonna look for applied knowledge because most, most people Unfortunately, nowadays I don't. I hardly know very few people that go to school without having a full time job or even a part time job. Most people have some type of job, right? Just Life. very few people. Yeah, very few people have the resources to be like, "Cool, mom and dad are rich. I can just go." I mean, I, I was like that for about the first six months out of high school. My parents were like, "Yeah, you know, go ahead and go to college." And after, we're like, "Hey, you might want to get a job." I'm like, "Sure, Worked part time, went to college," you know. It's taking the, the, what doesn't matter what you do. It really doesn't. It's taking the things that you're learning in your classroom and then applying it to whatever you're doing. An IT guy, a field guy, office person, I can sit there. And if you have that knowledge, I say, Hey, okay, well, tell me a time that you ran into a problem or did an investigation or, or something that you learned in your school, right? This is one of the assignments that you remember the most and how you applied it to a job. And those are the questions I'm going to start asking because it's going to show me that, hey, he's not just some, you know, bird brain who's just, you know, going through the motions. Right. Because we can do that, too. But if if I'm able to grab those thoughts out of him and say, hey, oh, well, this guy actually learned something in college and he's able to apply it to the field. That's what we want. And same thing with the guys. You know, I mean, if we have field guys, they are taking safety classes technically. Right. We have depending on if you're in construction, you're taking, you know, you're taking uh one Depending on on where you work, usually it's one a week, but it's one every 10 days for, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, construction standards. You have to have some type of a tailgate. Tell me how you applied some of that. Are you listening? Right. Are you participating? Especially, you know, if if they're within our field, you know, you know, as well as I do, I can easily go talk to a supervisor. Well, how do you think about this guy? Yeah, this guy, he's good. Like, like, just like you, you know, I'm sure when, you know, the safety guy came up to you, before he came up to you, you want to talk to your supervisor. Hey, what's up with Matt? That guy's sharp. Cool. You know, and that's when you get you get moved up. And that's what we want to see. is We want to see it's not just you sitting at 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 the job site, you know, with like everybody else just, "Oh man, this is boring." We want to see you participate, maybe come up with some new rules. Tell me how these these rules are being applied in the actual job, make it relevant. So I'm i it's safety's a thinking man thinking man's game, right? It's not checkers, it's chess. So it takes it takes strategy and and knowledge and education for us to do our jobs well. And if I don't care if you don't have an education, if you could show me that you have some knowledge, I'll take you, you know, especially if you can apply it, that's, that's even more powerful. No, I completely agree. You kind of, we kind of went back
0: to the field a little bit, but for sure, I know we have field people, field level people that listen to our podcast because they've reached out to me. And if you're in that they position, because their jobs are on the line. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> if you're in that position and you are trying to move up, I think exactly what you said, that's the way to do it. Yeah, Participate be b- apply yourself apply the knowledge that you're learning learn right pay attention learn try and learn some things about safety about why those rules are in place how to make them better and all those kinds of things like being a part of the safety program or your safety the safety culture even though you're not in the safety department right is is what that's a great foot in that, the door that's how you that's how you do it from the inside
1: cuz they're they're going to see you they're like wow look at this guy oh he he wants to be a safety guy and, and then true, always ask people ask everybody that you know you know hey i mean you and i are, are obviously only two in this office but I mean, I remember talking to every safety guy I ran into when, even with customers, they come in, Hey, how'd you become a safety guy? Oh, I did this, this, this. And I always keep a mental notes. Okay. Go to school. Get us, get us the get all these things. And now it's the opposite. People are asking me, well, yeah, just check these boxes. Um, one of the resources, there's actually two resources. Um, and I apologize cause I didn't bring them in today, but we had talked about this, I believe the first or second episode that there's actually, you know, an ASSP, um, um, what you call it, a um a pamphlet or a uh literature that talks about the different levels, right? They talk about the field advisors, they talk about the mid level advisors, the management, we talk about, you know, uh senior management directors and then we call C suite executives and it tells you know, what you should expect as an employer, what you're looking for. It's technically it's for the employer side. You know, if you don't know what you're looking for, for a safety person, it's, it's a resource for them. But I always tell people, it's a re- great resource for us that, Hey, you know, some employers are looking for stuff like this, having these types of, you know, abilities or knowledge or education to, to be able to do the functions of our jobs. So there's that. And then there's also another one and please forgive me. I believe it's the Filipino or the Philippine accord. You'll have to look it up. Give me, if, if you give me a second, I'll, I'll look it up right now, but it's, uh, it's actually sitting on my desk in, in my office at home. Well, I can hit on the first one where you're looking that up. Cause that was going to be my, one
0: of my biggest recommendations for a person, especially a person that already has some type of education or degree. And now they're trying to get into the field for me. I think the biggest, cause we all know what's the, one of the most popular sayings, especially in our industry but in all of them, it's it's not what you know, it's who you know. Sometimes that's and it's a really good way to get in. Even though it seems unfortunate, you need to get out. It, a lot of times that's what it comes down to. It's who you know. So you need to get out and network. And going to places like the ASSP meetings and introducing yourself and talking to people and asking questions and getting involved and then getting on to even online. You can get into uh, groups online, Facebook groups, Reddit groups, forums, all these types of things. And if you can make it to some of these conventions like – some of the bigger ones like safety focus or something like that. Those are great ways to meet people from all around the country, all types of industries. And they have all these, these events specifically for people that are looking for jobs or mixers and their ways to get involved and ways to meet new people. And those are great ways to get your foot in the door and to meet contacts, uh, for different types of industries that you might be involved or you might want to get involved in. Yeah. And I think, I think if, if you already have a degree, let's say you're, you're, and you're, you're trying to get some certifications or something. I think the next biggest step is network, get yourself out there, meet as many people as you possibly can introduce yourself. And the more contacts you have, the more likely you will have, you'll be to have a job in the future.
1: I've, I can attest to that because I get job offers, um, phone calls for, you know, consulting, I would say not quite often, but, you know, regularly and typically it's all word of mouth. I've had mm-hmm. people call me from L.A. Hey, Joe, I heard you're a safety you know, professional and you have your own company. I need this program bill. You know, how much would you charge me? And I'm like, how in the heck did you get my phone number? Oh, yeah, this guy, Ryan. Oh, he he told me all about you. And I'm like, you'd be surprised, you know, how well word of mouth can be. So if you if you put your impression on somebody. You know, they just might recommend you. Hey, you know, do you know any safety guys that are looking for a job? Oh, yeah, right here. And like you said, ASSP. Find your local ASSP branch. Find out when the meetings are. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, right now we have COVID, so everything's going to be, you know, Webinars. over the internet. But still, you know, a lot of the things are important. Yeah. Listen to uh, listen to our podcast, right? If you are listening listen to it. But, you know, listen to all the different episodes. All these things, you know, are designed to kind of help you understand these different things. If you don't know something about cranes electrical confined space you know i'm sure we're gonna have you know more more talks about those subjects as well yeah go oh, out I'm and sorry. and like you said network meet yeah. people that can help you out yeah i was gonna say
0: one of the things that i do when i'm looking for a safety guy is i'll call a couple of my closer safety guy friends and say like do you know somebody that's a that's good that's looking for a job right now and that's like one of my first stops right is yeah Cause I would much rather have somebody that comes recommended than some random person I've never met before. And I'm unsure of what the outcome will be just because it's a safer bet. If they're recommended from somebody that I trust, not saying that's always going to work out, but yeah, that is definitely one of my first stops is to make
1: some phone calls and say, Hey, do you guys know somebody? somebody? Yeah. Like like I said, that's, how I get a bunch of work. People call me, hey Joe, we have this job. You want this job? And I'm like, okay, tell me the details. And I'm like, yeah, no, that'd be a hard pass. Like, if I find somebody, I can I'll send them your way. But as far as like, you know, some of these lower lower level tasks, I man, eh, no, I'm good. It was the actually the Singapore Accord. I was way off. I mean, it's insane. It's racist. Same <laughs> general area. But um, it's uh, called the Singapore Safety Professional, uh, uh, the Singapore Accord on the Standards of OSH Professionals, and it's about 48 pages, and it's great. It is a great read. It literally breaks down everything that you need to know about, you know, the types of skills that you need to have. It talks about all the different types of, um, you know, certifications or knowledge. It doesn't specifically state, "Hey, you have to have this degree or that." It just goes, "Hey, you know." look for people that have these general knowledge bases obviously every company is different but you're looking for people that know how to communicate and all this other stuff and it's really interesting because they actually make they actually divide it so they have like safety you know like like the advisor quote-unquote advisor level Mm -hmm. and then they have the OSH professional level and so you know you have a, a list of skills and then you just kind of rate, you know, rate people or rate yourself and go, OK, where am I on this scale? You know, one to four. And obviously the more threes and fours you get, that's the professional level. And then the ones and twos is like you're more towards the the technician advisor level. So I was like, ah, that's really interesting. And I was uh, I was reading through it the other day. And like I said, I, I forgot it at home. I was like, man, that'd be a great resource. You know, look at look at what everybody's, you know looking for as far as an OSH professional even better yet one you of your best best resources to online go look at jobs mm-hmm. go to indeed glass you know was it glass house glass door glass door all these different you know you'll find safety jobs in all of them you'll find safety jobs in all of them look what they're looking for and then try to aim for that I mean I know some of these things that we've talked about you know like Koopa and all these different types of acronyms understand them, learn them, try to apply them to the jobs that you do, you know. I think the hardest part is get like getting your foot in the door, is getting that interview. You know, we could talk about interview skills later and that's maybe probably not our forte, definitely. But, you know, getting your foot in the door, your resume, that's that's your that's your way in. You know, you want something that's going to be very impressive and it's going to show off your skills. And I know one of the big things on online applications is they have an algorithm. If you're not reaching certain amount of words, right? Now, I mean, like, word count, but, like, if you're not hitting these target words, if you don't reach enough of them, you won't even get a phone call. So that's, like, their are screener. Because, you mean, you imagine, I mean, you know, as well as they do, when you get a a job posting, you're going to get resumes everywhere. Oh, yeah. And I've had people come up to me and tell me, oh, yeah, I have a, I don't have any edgy, any education, I don't even have an, any certification, but I've been doing this for two years, and I want 85000 And I looked at him, I said, you are on drugs. I literally said that in an interview, you are on drugs. There's no way you're going to get $85,000 for having two years of experience. But you just said you make 300K. I didn't say I made 300K. <laughs> I wish I made 300K.
0: That was once, Oh, I forgot. I was going to give a disclaimer when you said that and say, don't expect to come into the safety industry and immediately make 300K. No. That's probably not realistic. Because no, she
1: worked she worked a
0: bunch yeah. of different jobs. But, sa- but sa- salaries or, or starting positions for safety, can range... Cr- I mean, I'll we, be can, honestly, we can go I'll down to 15 to 20. In the hourly range of, yeah, yeah, in the teens. Minimum wage to... All the way up to... I've seen plus. some huge numbers, yeah Yeah. some huge numbers as well but just know that don't come in i've seen some posts on reddit and some of the safety forums where brand new safety guys are coming in and saying like hey i I applied for a couple jobs and they're only offering me 60k a year i I, I did i did no but they're like i did this education i paid whatever amount of money i'm expecting to make over 100 like what is going on and then people in there are are commenting below like yeah. You got to start somewhere, man. Like go for the 60. You're not going to jump. Yeah. You know how hard it is to jump straight into a, like a director or a manager or, or some role that's going to pay you a lot of money. Well, for Especially it. if that's all you have.
1: Yeah. You're you're going to drown. So you just are so have drown. realistic
0: expectations when you're applying for for jobs that especially if you don't have experience and you're coming in with just education. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I was going to say was, uh, oh, it was on the um, stuff you were just talking about. We might not be experts in resumes and in interviews, but I can definitely give you some tips of things that for sure, if I see this stuff, I'm gonna be like, no, first thing Should you gotta costly. do is please <laughs> proofread your resumes, right? I, yeah, you wouldn't it bothers me so much when I go through somebody that's supposed to be a safety professional, educated person, and you go through and it's just riddled with misspellings and missing words and duplicated words and just like like it's like nobody ever looked at it yeah they typed it it out and and they printed it Good enough and uh so that is definitely one big thing and then another thing is we're professionals so dress professional when you go to an interview i can't believe you had to bring that up surprised how many people come to interviews for to to apply for safety positions for me in t-shirts sweats shorts tennis shoes like i've seen all, all of that stuff, but, right? But that's
1: because you work for a, a really bad company. That's why.
0: That's rude. I like my company. My company is a good yeah, company. Yeah, McDonald's? I'm yep. just kidding.
1: <laughs> McDonald's, yeah.
0: <laughs> McDonald's safety professional? It's just funny that I've seen, and, and it's not all younger guys either. It's just some people don't, they don't see the importance
1: I don't of dressing know. I, up. I'll be honest with you, it, I, I've i never had that in my in my personal experience. But I have noticed that every time I go to a job, because I wear a suit every time. Suit, sport coat, I everything. don't always wear the jacket. I go every time. Every time. Just 100% across the board. You know what? I'd rather go overboard than mm. underboard. You know, just let me, hey, I'm, I'm serious about this job. Coming in a tux? Coming in. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the, was that the brothers. <laughs> the tuxes, I get it now. <laughs> I go in, suit tie, sport coat, every time. I even shine my shoes. Super high gloss polish. I I look good. I let them know, hey, yep. this is the type of work that I put out. Yep. I put top tier, and I've always, almost every single time. Now that you you talk about this, I've always heard them say, "Oh wow, thanks for wearing a, t- a suit and tie." And I'm like, I'm always taken back by like, is that not the is that not the, the normal? Like no, I mean, I mean, I guess too, and, and maybe the sport coat is a little bit too much, but I'm not, like, not necessarily. Um I'm, I'm just like people don't show up in in really fancy clothes. like I would wear my best shirt that I could have. Mm-hmm. I mean if I could afford Giorgio Armani, I would wear that. I'd have a suit just for that. But I mean obviously I don't got that kind of money. Yeah. But yeah, I dress to impress every Even single if you're time. not
0: applying for some high level role, right? Even if you're going in there applying for a no, tech No, no, even, even
1: worse what I've learned too. I've told people this. When let's say it's back in the day and you're doing paper applications, mm-hmm. show up to show up to pick it up. And deliver it in a suit and tie because people will make mental notes. And I have done this myself in previous jobs. When somebody comes in, we check, we check. How are you treating our staff? Are you saying hi, good morning? Or are you just sitting there all slumpy, right? Right. And then prepping up right when you go to the interview. Yeah. Oh, interviews time to shine. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's one one thing that I know that a lot of companies are doing now is, you know, when you have a receptionist, if you're not chatting her up or or you know just having some type of you know interaction with them, they're writing notes. Oh, this guy he didn't do this or he didn't ask me how my day was or he just sat there with a the big old front bay on your face. And when he heard you walking in, that's when he started perking up. Mm-hmm. So that just shows oh he's a fake kind of person. Yep. Cool. And it's going to put you if you're on the list probably near the bottom. So, yeah, things like that. I mean, we can I'm sure we can talk probably at length about interviews and stuff like that. But, yeah, resumes, make sure that you you do proofread them, make sure they're there. I always tell people I always give them my advice from my resume is I tell them put the most important things at the top. You know, we spend if I'm getting 500 resumes, I'm going to spend maybe 10, 15 seconds, maybe looking through. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to get them in a big pile. And as I'm going through, I'm looking for just the basics. Does he have the things that I want, mm-hmm. you know, depending on, you know, depending on the position, is it education or experience? Uh, cool. Uh, that looks okay. You know, I'm just kind of, I, I have too much time. On, or I have too much, or I don't have as much time as I want to look at them, but I'm just going to kind of sift them into two piles, throw away. And then the ones I'm going to look at a little bit more. Yep. And then I usually do it three times depending on how much I got. I'll usually do it three times. So you'll make, The initial cut you just gave me a resume cool you made the first cut let's look through Eh, not that great cool let's go to the next one you know that way if i have all my certs and all my education boom that's not even a question help certs, education cool let's look down and see you know where his defining you know attributes are at what he's what he's been what fields he's worked in if it's similar whatever or if he's made any changes in the job sites that's what's going to get you the at least the foot in the door Mm -hmm. that's right and you're going to at least get in an an interview and that's that's half the job yeah i think i didn't
0: i didn't really think about it until you were explaining it right now but i think i do a similar thing all the first thing i go to is i look at experience and education because mm-hmm. i'm just curious where that level is going to be yep and then i go right to what's normally like some bullet points of like these are things either i've accomplished or things that i've done yep or things that i currently do for my company that i think are worth noting i'll hit that next and then if that's good then i'll go on I'll be like all right let me read more of like what the intro paragraph looks like or Yeah, I don't do that. A cover letter or something. I've been
1: told, I've told people never put that. What is that? The objective? My objective is to be a safety professional and help it. No, you're not. You're just trying to get a job. Let's be honest. So I try to tell people take that out. People don't read objectives typically. I read them. Okay. Well, if Matt, they
0: make it to that point, right? If they make it to that point, but yeah. I said
1: first thing, name, and if you have, like, I said if you have a degree, if you have certifications, put those things behind your name. Those designations will help you out because while they're reading your name, they're like, okay, Joseph Simmons. Just EMT. put the most
0: important ones, please.
1: I don't want to see nineteen designations next to you. Well, if they have nineteen designations, they should put them down below. They should have them on there. I would like, sir, you were number one on my list. Okay, but first, let me verify that you have all nineteen because <laughs> that would be expensive certifications are yeah, heck expensive to maintain they are really expensive especially when you get multiple ones you're mm-hmm. like man i have to pay how much for these things yeah that's after you pass after yeah. you pass yearly you pay. it's just annual yearly. yeah annuals and it always comes right at the best time christmas time when you have no money thanks bcsp
0: oh i was going to mention that i know we've said that a thousand times but every time you mention certifications if you guys didn't know check out bcsp I think it's .org, right? Or is it .com? I have no idea. It's I, I .com. feel like it's .org, but maybe not. But definitely check out. Just Google BCSP yeah. Board of Certified Safety Professionals. They're the ones that offer most of the uh, widely known certifications. Yeah. I mean, there's
1: other ones, ASSP, NSC, oh, They of all other ones. have they all have certifications, but the most the most I guess prize would be I would say, or at least maybe, in, my, in my opinion, maybe the gold standard, if you will, it would be the BCSP ones. And I mean, I've told people I take. I take somebody who's got a STSC. You know, if you show me that, hey, you know what? I may not be the greatest safety person, but if you're going for an entry level position, you got a STSC. Cool, I'll take that. I know people that don't even know some of the basics of safety. Um, like I said, safety jobs, safety tasks. You know, like grounding assurance programs or um, confined spaces. They don't know the basics of that, and they're safety professionals, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And I know one guy specifically. When I was working up north, this guy was the manager. And I'll be honest, he was one of those guys just like, hey, we need a we need a safety guy. And they're kind of like, Oh, he he was like, he raised his hand in the quickest kind of deal. He had no he had no knowledge of safety. It was it was kind of baffling. It's like, wait, you're the safety guy? He goes, Yeah, kinda. I mean, you know, I just oversee these three sites and I was like, Okay, so like what about this, this, this? And he goes, What's that? And it was like basic like PPE, you know. Um, hierarchy controls that kind of like low level stuff that you know you would expect somebody you know like a manager to have so I mean sometimes it is who you know sometimes it's just like hey we need somebody raise your hand you know you miss what was it you miss 100% of the opportunities you don't take mm-hmm. so that's definitely true Um, Yeah, I mean, in my experience, I would say, you know, just depends. Right. Depends on where you're at. If you're a field guy or if you're, you know, going through college, you know, try to make the best transition you can. Whatever skills that you have, let's say, you know, let's say you're a welder. No, no, that's not a good one. Let's say what kind of (laughs) office job? Receptionist. I guess let's go with receptionist you're receptionist but you hey my husband's a safety guy and I thought I want to be in safety so I went to school and I'm getting my my bachelor's degree or associates and now I want to trans transform that into a safety position just take everything that you've done in your previous jobs and relate them to safety. Right, you should have that ability to look back in hindsight and say, "Hey, oh, I had an incident where this happened, and this is what we did." You know, try to understand that safety, that safety culture, and how it works. Same thing with the field. If you, if you, I would say the field would probably be the most advantage that you could ever get because you deal with safety all the time. We come out and harass you all the time. You should be able to be like, "Oh yeah, whenever the safety cat came in, we did this, and we talked about it, and I learned about industrial hygiene. We never did that before, or you know." Always, always try to figure out, you know, especially in the field, you have those safety professionals, you can easily, you know, bend their ear, get them on your side. So, you know, when that hiring does come up, you're ready to go. I know typically winds up happening and I'll be honest with you. I've seen a lot of guys, you, I'm sure you're the same way. A lot of guys like, I want to be a safety guy, I want to be a safety guy, but they don't tell you until there's a safety position open, right? You're like, Hey, we're hiring for a safety guy. Anybody know anybody? And it's usually these field guys come in. Oh, I want to be a safety guy. Okay. But what do you have? Uh, nothing. Okay. So what, like, how are you qualified? Any knowledge you got, any education, any classes you've taken? No. So you just saw an opening that you can make more money and you wanted to jump in. Well, no, I really want to be a safety guy. Okay. Well, you know, act on it. Go take some classes. Go be more involved. Do something to show me. So, hey, uh, I can recommend you. Hey, this guy, yeah, he's always participating. He's always asking. I would introduce you to, like, the manager or the, the safety team so everybody would know your name. So, when that position does open, you're the next guy. It's kind you, of like intercompany networking. Kind it, of like honestly, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it before. A lot of people, that's how people move up. Yep. It's not about it's not about your knowledge or education. Sometimes it's just hey, this guy he's been kicking butt. He's really interested in that position. They'll they'll hire within rather than hiring outside. They're like yeah, he's not quite there, but we can you know we'll train him, we'll teach him that kind of stuff. For sure, that can definitely happen. So I always tell people yeah, people in the field have the best advantage. If if there's a safety position open and you're not ta- and you're not taking your adv- advantage of it, obviously you might want to be a safety person. Like I said, I always always send them to that Osh Academy because it's boring. And if they can get through that, that means that they're really dedicated, right? Because everyone wants to take the easy road out. But if you have to take this crappy long road and I tell you it's crappy long and you do it, that means that you really are dedicated to, you know, being an actual safety guide. And it further will, I'm not going to say it, it's further proof, but you're more likely to move on and gain more skills and and be more education, get more education and knowledge down the road. than if someone just, oh, I'm a safety guy, cool, I'm, I can just kick back down, right? I'm well, the quote unquote, I made it. I think that's a lot of problem that I've seen before is people that kind of like, Hey, you're my friend. Let me hire you. And then it's like, Oh, I made it cool. And I can kick back. That's exactly what I was going to hit on. Next yeah. is you kind of explained it already,
0: but when you, once you do get that foot in the door, just continue doing everything we just talked about. Yeah. Can, what is the next step? What is the next certification? What is the next part of my education? Where am I going next? Don't let it get stagnant. We could probably do a whole episode in the future, maybe bring somebody in, but I almost feel like I don't know if this is in all careers because I've really only been in safety my entire life, but I have seen almost every safety person I know. I I, I kind of made up a turn. It's like they get into a safety slump. They they get into the safety career. They get through those first couple certifications, and then they coast, and they kind of start to and, they, and then they kind of start to go down. It's really easy. I feel like in our in our at least in my field, to uh, kind of get away with a thing sometimes where you can slack off a little bit in your education and in, and in, uh, growing your career, you know what I mean? And so it's hard to make sure that you stay out of that slump and you
1: continue to do things. Yeah. It's continual growth. And believe it or not, like what you're saying is actually in that Singapore accord about both of those subjects about, you know, not just, you know, getting, getting your certifications and that's it. Okay, cool. I made it. And that's it. You mm-hmm. know, because unfortunately in our, our field, Things change all the time. New regulations come out and new large regulations come out. Um, additional safety comes out. Even even within our own companies, safety changes all the time. Maybe yep. there's a better product, better, you know, computer program, or maybe, you know, we need to imp- implement different things or change the way that we've been doing things, right? Culture changes. Um, it also addresses one of the more important things is just understanding where you are at as far as a safety professional. You know, are you just doing safety just to be safe, right? You talk about that career slump or that career, uh, career decline. Are, am I just going through the motions? Am I just showing up to work every yep. day? Or am I am I coming in trying to make an impact and exactly. that kind of stuff? And, and I, think it's, I think it's a really important subject that we should talk about. I think we should always be... You know not just not just as safety professionals i think always as human beings as well but we should always be seeking growth opportunities just looking for how do i get better at this you know because typically if you get better at something the easier it is mm-hmm. right you know you see these world champions doing you know whatever that they're doing you know like look at the olympics watching michael phelps swim it's easy for him and there goes well how do you do it he's done it for so much he's learned the technique to such a, a, a fine point that it's like second nature. And I, I tell that to all my safety professionals when we, they first start, man, this is kind of tough. Getting in from the outside coming in, it, it looks easy, but then when you're actually having to go out and do an accident investigation or when you have to go and do this and have to go there, like, man, this is, I don't know where to start, man. It's, it's kind of confusing. And uh, how do I write an SOP and how do I do this? And and it can be, it can be very you know stressful and daunting if you're not, if you've never done it before, but then, You know, once you do enough, you get Good at it, I'm sure you and I can go th- throw an SOP down with 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 ease just because we've done it so much. Mm-hmm. You know, we've learned those skills and now we're moving on to the next one. I think that's why, I like this this podcast, is that's this is our next. Honestly, next,
0: this is this is part of it right here. This, this is, is our next level, yeah. and
1: it's. I always tell, talk to people. It's it's giving back. You know, it's taking my education, knowledge, and obviously, hopefully, the the broader community, and grabbing the knowledge and and feeding it back to you know the the other people.
0: And on top of that, for me, it's also I want to. Continue my personal education by learning from whoever else we
1: bring on right. this podcast. You know, when we had Ryan in here, it, w- it was amazing. I was like, wow, I never even knew about that. I never even heard about that, you know. So our guests are coming in and educating us. And yep. it's great because, you know, it's it's like a give and take. I get to take something from you and I can give something to you as well. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a really good way. I figure, you know, I tell people, build yourself, get yourself well, you know, focus on yourself first. You know, we can't, we have to, we have to lead ourselves before we can lead others. And once we become leaders. Start leading other people and showing them the way, showing them how to become a safety professional and, and you know, add to the community. You know, I think that's something, like you said, a lot of people don't do is not a lot of people are out here, you know, talking about safety or having these interactions. It's typically the ASSP, you have the NSC, and that's about it. Most of the safety magazines, that's that's pretty much what most people do. So, you know, go out there and have these talks and and be a speaker at your local ASSP and talk about your your you know, roadmap of how you became a safety professional, what you're doing in your local community to, to better the community. You know, that's why, like I said, that's why I like this podcast because I can give something back. You know, I've got the, the safety community has helped me a lot and helped me build my life and given me a very comfortable life. And now I'm trying to give back. So that way, you know, we can, you know, make, make safety more important. Not just that, but you think about the benefits down the road, more, more people are going to be safe and less people are going to get hurt and that's why we most of us got in this position right save save lives nope i completely agree i think you explained it pretty well yeah i'm pretty good at that every once in a while <laughs> every once in a while i had uh, i had somebody proofread this <laughs> you had it all written down you had it all this written down yeah that's why you were glancing at your phone yeah, i was looking at my phone i was like yeah okay so we anyway, <laughs> talk about this and then I talk about that the philippine courts oh wait the I mean, courts oh, Wait, no it's the uh, <laughs> the singapore court my bad
0: all right, so I think, I mean, I feel like we hit on some pretty big topics, right? To hopefully help some people yeah. that are trying to get into the safety field. We, I mean, we can. Uh, we said get some training, education, get training, certs, education, certs, network,
1: network, resume. Make sure it's it's polished. Don't you know, wear flip flops to the interview. Um, yeah, don't wear flip flops to an interview. <laughs> um, yes or no, sir. Interact with the receptionist. Be respectful. Be respectful. Um, you know, just. Never get discouraged. Sometimes it can get difficult, especially, you know, right now, I'm sure it's really tough because, you know, the economy is not that great. Yeah. But just remember, just keep, you know, if it's something that you want, just keep going for it. Right. You know, eventually you'll get your break and you'll get your foot in the door. And then from there, just just keep showing up, you know, keep growing, show that you're hungry, show that you want it, get better, get those certs, get those higher certs, get that higher education start giving back. You know, I think that's a big thing too, is not just, not just taking, but also giving. Yeah. So yeah. You know, perfect. I think one thing to
0: also think about when you're trying to get into safety is are you going to have the ability to travel? Cause I think that opens up your opportunities a yeah. lot. Yeah. And if you have that ability, make sure you let them know, let, let people know that put that down or let people know that you're I'll be willing honestly, to move. That's,
1: that's how I got my foot in the door. It sucked. I hated it, but you know, I did it for four years so oh, almost I. five, almost four years I did it. Almost five years. I had to go and I had to be in the whole crappy hotels, away for my wife and kid. Hey, we all have to do it. And like I said, in that $300,000 job or two eighty or whatever she makes, guess what she's doing? Traveling. She's single, so she can do that. And I was yeah. like, oh, you're a single
0: girl. You can do whatever you if want. If you can knock that out of the way in the younger part of your life, when, yes. when you have more freedom to do that, that's going to help you out so much because now you have all that experience. And honestly, traveling and moving around to different locations and stuff, that's just that's just definitely increasing your knowledge level your experience level than being not that being stagnant in one location is a bad thing because you can still learn but it's just having that diversity of being around in all these locations is a lot of
1: I would say that would be a huge. Uh, that, uh, I attribute both of our, our, you know, expertise because we both. I know you and I both did that together. We both went to completely different job sites in completely different locations from the jobs mm-hmm. that we do now, and we're able to take those lessons we learned from there yep. and apply them to the new jobs. And I think that once again, that's what that what separates a lot of people. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, I went to school and yeah, I did this. <clears throat> I have I have a focus in just one industry but you know with our breadth of of knowledge and education and experience it's like, wow, oh, yeah, I did a cheesecake factory or a cheese factory. Cheesecake factory? Cheesecake factory. Did, I'm about
0: to go do some safety at the cheesecake factory. Yeah, right? That it's sounds like, fun. Let me
1: uh, test these cheesecakes.
0: <coughs> I need to do a quality test real quick, yeah, safety I did, quality. I did,
1: a, I did a job out there in Delhi and, uh, you know, it was a cheese factory. And we did an underground blah, 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 blah. And I was like, really? Yeah. And this is the things I learned from it. Oh, OK, wow. And just being able to have those experiences. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. I, I hated it when I did it, but now that I'm, I'm – Past that stage of my early career, I can look back and say, man, I, I have a lot of experience that people just don't get, you know, yeah. I deal with a lot of you, you, you as well. We deal with a lot of people that just work in cranes or just work in confined space mm-hmm. or just work in, in construction. They don't have the general uh, industry or manufacturing type of deals, or they only do electrical, you know, yeah. and having the ability to understand because a lot of, a lot of times these job interact actions happen all the time. That's just understanding that makes you more developed because you can mm-hmm. take things from different industries. And that, oh, yeah. that's where most safety comes from. Like most of it comes from like the nuclear and aerospace, all these different industries that most people don't work in, which th- those are the two industries I, I remember that I haven't yet yet to work in.
0: Yeah. I haven't got to work in aerospace. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. But like I said, we worked in some pretty random ones. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah, take those jobs, take those early jobs. It sucks. I'll be honest with you, but use those, use those, you know, to so springboard yourself and secure to, yeah, yourself a good yeah. future. Yep, you'll eventually it will. You will be able to land that full time job where you're not traveling all the time. Mm-hmm. And it took me, it took us both some time, right, four or five years each. And it sucks, but eventually it'll pay off. And now you need to, you get the kickback job where you go to the office every day and you have the my office is six minutes from my house, right? And you have the <laughs> air conditioned truck, right? It, it it does get better. I tell people all the time, safety sucks in the first couple of years. You have to you have to put in your dues, and a lot of guys think that when you walk in, oh, it's gonna be easy no we make it look easy because we've been doing it for so long but you know typically in the first couple of years you're going to struggle if you're not
0: doing it correctly it can be easy true yeah, yeah if you're, you're screwing fr- everything you're up probably not yeah. Doing it right
1: yeah that's true that is true i've seen some guys come in and they had that same mentality oh yeah it's gonna be easy and they had that once again I, I made it mentality i made it now and i can i can kick back no sir now it gets harder awesome so um we'll wrap up that topic do we have anything in the mailbag Yes, one of our listeners reached out again, and they had a question about PPE. So I guess they were talking about um, they were working as a um, a safety professional over a pipeline project, and they this I'm sure you you remember this this uh, subject. They were working, and they're buffing and grinding. And they're wearing spoggles and or no, they're wearing safety glasses and a face shield. But the safety glasses keep getting fogged up. So he he asked, you know, we can talk about this in PPE later on, but he was asking about why why do we force them to wear PPE that doesn't help them see? You know, I guess his his question is if they can't see and they're operating, you know, uh, a buffing or grinding machine that's, you know, spinning at. 15,000 RPMs if they miss you know what's going to happen and so this is when we we I had um you know consulted him say hey first of all we never remove PPE no matter what if it's uncomfortable maybe if it doesn't fit right maybe we can get some new ones but never remove PPE whenever you have a hazard right because we already know if we have a hazard and we have somebody interacting with it and they're exposed and there's no PPE there's no barrier in between so they're just gonna they're gonna get hurt no matter what Right. And typically when you talk about supervisors, they're like, well, they need to get the job done. Right. They're focused on production. And this goes back into that whole education. Like, hey, yes, I understand that it's slowing the job down. But what happens if he gets hurt? Then what? Is he working while he's at the doctor's office? No. Is he walk- working from the hour drive to and from? No. Is he work- Is he working the three hours in the doctor's office? No. So where's the production loss going to be? Going to be once the injury happens. So if we can prevent the injury, yeah, we'll we'll get less you know inches on your pipeline, but we'll get more inches than if we got him hurt. So I recommended him the spoggles, right? It's pretty much just safety glasses that have a little foam liner, Mm -hmm. right? And we we both know that when you strap it down and you don't take them off, you know the sweat will actually beat around your eyes and it won't fog up, and it sucks. It does. I've I've dealt with this problem quite a bit but I tell people do not take them off. As soon as you take them off, you're introducing, you know, liquid into the 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 little cups for your eyes. That's when you're going to start getting the the fog and the haze because it, obviously the steam or the water is va- your sweat is evaporating.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good recommendation. One thing I would say is um I feel like sometimes safety guys when they hear comments like that from the field like, "Hey, this is making it hard for me to see. Hey, this is not working for me. Hey, I don't like this PPE. It's uncomfortable." I feel like I've seen a lot of safety guys blow that stuff off and be like, Hey man, like you got to wear it. It's yeah. just deal with it. But that's not always the right approach. That's I not think the right it,
1: culture building.
0: You need to make sure that you're taking what they say seriously. You're looking into it. Is there alternatives? Uh, look at the hierarchy of controls. Is there a way to even go above PBE and, and, eliminate, and it. eliminate it and put something else in place? That's probably not very common, but you can do what's like a hazard analysis, a PHA, a process hazard analysis. You should have some of these processes in place where you're looking at these things and saying, how am I protecting the employee? And is this PPE the best choice? And then if it does come down to PPE, kind of like what you said, look into options like Spoggles, right? In this in this specific case, or maybe you look into some, um, I've been reading a lot online since uh, face masks have become a thing. Uh, in the safety forums, one of the most popular topics that was coming up was how do we prevent glasses fogging up because as soon as you put that face mask on a lot of the the, uh heat and moisture comes up out of the top of the face mask literally one breath in your glasses are fogged (laughs) yes sir it is and so people have actually been putting a lot of really good recommendations there's products out there that aren't just anti-fog wipes there's some pretty good products out there that that will keep your stuff from fogging up so do some research look into it and make sure you take those things seriously so
1: yeah it's a great opportunity like you said when they're starting to complain i mean that's where we can shine. We can we can buy, I would say buy, exactly. we can buy that employee by doing right by him. Then that's one person sold. You can probably you probably can leverage that into the whole crew. Oh yeah, you know what? Matt's not such a bad guy. Yeah, I had this problem and, and instead of blowing me off, he sat down and he he went and did research and tried to figure it out. And then he came back to me and he told me this is what's going on and this is what we found. Yep. Right. Rather than, oh yeah, well, you gotta wear it, you know, this is where we can do that, you know, those soft skills, if you will. Build that culture, yep. mold it, get that employee's buy-in. Oh, cool. Now this guy will, will see safety in a different way. Yeah. Next time I deal, if he does get in an accident, he'll know, hey, Matt's got my back. I yeah. mean, that typically doesn't happen because Matt sucks.
0: But <laughs> no, for sure. If you're preaching that you care about them and that you're doing it because you care about them, show them that you care about yeah. them and take some time and I try and help speak the guy out. out. Of words. Yep.
1: They do. So, yeah. Awesome. And if you guys have any other questions, you can hit us at thecultureofsafety at gmail.com. Yep. Go on our Facebook, all that good stuff. Leave us a five-star review uh, and an
0: awesome review comment, give I us guess a, you would say. Give us a five-star review. On iTunes or Spotify, that'd be
1: pretty cool if you guys could do that, if we get some reviews in there. Um, yeah, give us some it. more questions and stuff like that. You know, If you guys have, maybe you guys want to stomp us, throw some curveballs at us, let us know.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll talk more about that in a future episode probably, but um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, all right. You guys have a good one. Have a good week.